Are we there? Are we here? I'm here. Are you there? I, th- I think it may be actually working. By Jove, I think we've got it. <laughs> Apologize for those of you tuning in to uh, hear the beginning of the show. Had some technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. We'll blame it on God. No, there's a ghost in the machine. It's not God. Something. Good morning and welcome to a Monday. I hope this isn't a harbinger of things that we will see for the uh, rest of the week. And the Seems way like the show it's just started out. kind of a typical Monday, actually. It, it kind of does, because uh, nothing um, seemed to work um, in one of the other studios that I was in this morning, mm-hmm. um, having trouble signing into our uh, text line number so that I can read texts from our listeners. That, we may just have to stop the show right there. <laughs> So, uh, is everything fixed now, or are we still... Okay, it, it, is, sounds, yeah, it sounds like... Uh, well, not, maybe, may, oh, maybe keep, not Keep every, talking, yeah. keep talking. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Don't worry. This part of the show will be cut out later. Um, you won't hear this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, this part of the show will be cut out, and you'll just hear the good parts where there were no screw-ups. My or, headphones sound different than usual. It's either like there's... It's either a stereo sound or a, a mono, and whatever... Whatever I usually get, I'm getting something else now. Your uh, headphones, maybe somebody switched up your uh, headphone. For a pair that look exactly the same? No, oh. you have you have different settings on your headphones, then maybe somebody switched that yeah, up. Possibility. From program to studio, yeah, or studio yeah. to program. No, we're doing it now, and it's not changing anything. No? No. All right. I thought that might be possibility. I love engineering. Uh, I, I've always been you know, a big fan of, of the four uh, areas of engineering, which are on-off, broken, fixed. This behind-the-scenes look at uh, how radio works is uh, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. We'll just give them a free <laughs> shout-out this morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, Clover- we are, Cloverdale Plumbing. We are See underway. why we went into plumbing? There it's are easier. some things that we will be talking about this morning. Mm-hmm. We finally have a Speaker of the House, ladies and gentlemen, after 15 votes. Well, who'd they... F- okay, I'm... Can't hear a thing now. Who who who'd they finally get? Uh, who cares? Kevin McCarthy. Who cares? I'm kidding. Uh, Kevin McCarthy will be the next speaker of the uh, House. Fifteen votes is what it took, and sure enough, the five people who said that they would never vote for Kevin McCarthy did not vote for Kevin McCarthy. Instead, they just voted present, which put the threshold a little bit less on. Uh, the number of people that they needed to get Kevin McCarthy as the next Speaker of the House. Um, I found it interesting. Matt Getz, who was one of the people, said he would never mm-hmm. vote and one of the most outspoken critics. You know, if you win, it's a great thing. Usually you should win, you know, with some humility. Um, his comment was, we ran out of stuff to ask for, so that was the reason why we voted present. <laughs> well, and... The reason he ended up winning is because two uh, people just voted present. Yes, and that's what I said. That was able to he was able to get a majority there. Therefore, yeah, because the uh, threshold was just was much less. Pl- I just found pl- it interesting. <laughs> I found it much in, very interesting. It's like we ran out of stuff to ask for, so we kind of had to, you know, it's acquiesce. Kind of typical politics, really. Yeah. Uh, the other crappy news is, uh, unfortunately, Seattle continues to win. Oh yeah, the Seahawks made the playoffs, right? So yeah, they they made they backdoored the playoffs thanks to uh, I would say thanks to Detroit. Detroit played a good game, uh, but thanks to the screw ups by the uh, Green Bay Packers, uh, you never want to push a trainer who was coming on to help an injured player. 
And that's what one of the Green Bay Packers did last night. Trainer came on to help an injured Detroit Lions player, and he pushed him and was given a 15-yard penalty and removed from the game. Why was that, by the way? I have no clue. Did he just temporarily lose his mind? Because you can look at it. It would have been fourth down. They would have had to kick a field goal Mm -hmm. and uh, instead took it in and uh, were able to uh, kill the clock. And the Detroit Lions end up with a winning season. Um, They also won the uh, division. Because of wow. that win. And <laughs> Seattle backdoored their way to be the first team out of the playoffs next week as they play San Francisco in San Francisco. Weird. It's, it's, weird, just, it's weird to hear Detroit and one in the same sentence. <laughs> and, of course, the other great news is damn it, Denver won yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Screw it. Seattle drops all the way from third to the fifth round, uh, fifth draft pick. Uh, not that it would make that much mm. of a difference, I don't think, anyway. Um, but Chicago backdoored their way into the first pick because Houston won and Chicago lost. So uh, that will make the draft very interesting in the upcoming year because Chicago doesn't need a quarterback. So will they trade out of that first place for a whole handful of draft picks? There's lots of time to wait and see and That's talk true. about that. Despite being, what, 3-14 and 14 this year, they do have a decent quarterback. Also uh, today, the Idaho legislature gets underway. Everything is all said. Everything is all ready to go. The uh, inauguration gala was this weekend. I got to uh, attend that. Uh, let me rephrase that. I, I was made to attend that with my uh, wife. Mm-hmm. She got the uh, invite, so uh, we got to go to a dinner. Um, today, the uh, governor, of course, will uh, give his state of the state ahead of the legislature opening up, and then the legislature will uh, get underway this week. We'll talk about uh, what priorities the legislature has we'll talk about what priorities the governor would like to see as a matter of fact governor brad little will be on the air with us live coming up wednesday morning i can honestly say that of every legislative session you know in the history of idaho this one is going to be the most recent you may be right we'll have to fact check that i'm not quite sure KBOI News Time is 6.14. Time for a check on what's going on with sports. Your first update of the morning brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. It's the place to go for lunch every day. Like I say, they're open seven days a week, every morning beginning at 7 a.m. Good morning. In sports, it was a good weekend for Boise State. They beat up on the Utah State Aggies 82-59 to before a sold-out crowd at Extra Mile Arena. The Broncos won the game because of a great defensive effort, holding the Aggies to 40% shooting and 33% from three. They also dominated the glass, out-rebounding them 41-29. Tyson Degenhart led the team with a career-high 10 boards. When we rebound the ball and out-rebound opponents, we win a lot of the time, so that was a huge emphasis, and you know, not allowing them to get O boards and kick out threes was huge. You had four offensive, six defensive rebounds, so how did you get 10? Make sure I crash every time. I'm getting back on defense on the offensive end. You know, when I went, I was pretty successful, so just tracking the ball each and every time and just trying to get in the right positions. Degenhardt also led the team in scoring with 19. Boise State shot 57% for the game and made 11 of 19 from three. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Checking other games across the Mountain West over the weekend. Nevada defeated San Jose State. On the road, by the way, 67-40. San Diego State over Wyoming, 80-75. to Colorado State with a home victory over Fresno State, 79-57. And it was UNLV defeating New Mexico, 84-77. I'm Rick Worthington. 
Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. It's 23. Good morning. Phone lines are open. I think everything's working. <laughs> I think. Enough things are working. Yeah, enough things are working that we're, we're at least on, on the air. We're on the air anyway. 208 336 Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, our phone lines also are open for your chance to get yourself R&R Barbecue coming up this mm. morning for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. That, by the way, is also one of our sweet deals coming up this Friday. There will be a double shot of sweet deals coming up again this Friday. You've got R&R Barbecue, which is going to be gone very, very quickly because everybody loves sliced brisket, ribs, even vegetarians like like their meat that they have at R&R Barbecue. That's saying something. <laughs> Deja Brew Bistro in downtown Meridian, also a sweet deal coming up Friday morning. Both available $50 gift certificates for only $25 are available coming up. And, of course, all this week you'll have a chance to win the free $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Um, the uh, weather here, we're supposed to see 40s pretty much, almost close to 50 later this week. So our weather here hasn't been uh, too bad this winter. We had that... You know, right around Christmas time, mm-hmm. blast of cold air and uh, snow. But Very California, mild since then. yeah, just continues to get uh, rocked. You know, they suffered through a, a drought, fires last year, and uh, I don't know if this is you know God doesn't like California or what, but now they are getting pounded by brutal storm after brutal storm. Um, they're going to get hit again this week. More than half of Sacramento's 530,000 residents have lost their power really? um, as of yesterday. Some are back on. 60-mile-per-hour winds, massive amounts of rain. There is flooding going on throughout that area. I lived just south of Sacramento for mm-hmm. about, lived and worked there for about three years back in the 80s. And I, the rain that you get during the wintertime there is absolutely nuts it, it, compared to here in idaho think of uh, a downpour that we get occasionally and usually sure. usually in idaho downpours will last you know maybe 10 minutes like like every kind of weather we get it once in a while yeah um when i lived back there i think it was 85 might have been 86 where it rained for 18 straight days <laughs> in a row and i don't when i say rain it's the type of rain where you get out of your car and you walk 20 feet into the building that you're either working at or you're, you're going to, and you're completely drenched. So and that's, as, uh, as Forrest Gump would say, big old fat rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the type of rain. It was completely different. I wasn't used to it. That's the type of rain they're getting through uh, out northern and central California, causing massive amounts of flooding. And they, they said there, there's just a river of rain that is going to continue to blow in uh, through the what do they call it? atmospheric river is what they call it. It's going to continue to be yeah, blowing that, in there. That, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is as additional rain on saturated sto- uh, soils can lead to considerable flooding um, and then landslides and mudslides uh, because of the burning and debris not being able to be held in place because of last summer's burns in, in a lot of those areas where they had uh, fires. That were going Somebody on. said, I moved to California because I love nature. And 
I'm leaving because nature hates me. <laughs> it's not wrong at this point, especially in some places that you might be, you know, living. You, you can look at it and go, okay, I'm done with this crap. Mm-hmm. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, if you want to take part in the show, that's always encouraged. Another way to do that is by emailing us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 6.34, good morning. Welcome to a Monday. Thanks for listening in. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Boise State looked really, really good against uh, Utah State on Saturday night. They went by 23, right? Yeah. I I kept... We were listening to it on the uh, way to the uh, Governor's Gala, and it was just before halftime when we were parking, and I told my wife, I, she goes, well, this is good, right? And I go, well, it is, but we're so far ahead. I always hate when we get this far ahead because everybody always comes back. And then I'm sitting there trying to keep up to date as the uh, gal is going on, and I'm going, we're still winning. We're up by 20 points. I go, <laughs> they, they didn't come back. No. And then I we got home that night, and then I uh, had recorded the game, watched the whole game. Might be the uh, most complete game, offense, defense, top to bottom, um, that we have seen so far. Utah State, at least coming into that game, was the number one three-pointing uh, three-point uh, shooting, shooting team in the entire country. Yeah, and they had a, a very good record too, weren't they? Like fourteen and three, something like that. I think that? it was thirteen and two. Thirteen and two. Okay, yeah, yeah, thirteen and two. They were undefeated. So Boise State is now back to back defeated two undefeated Mountain West teams, San Jose State and Utah State. Gets a little tougher this week because they uh, go on the road coming up Wednesday. KBY has another Boise State basketball double double header for you. First, you get your Boise State women's basketball team. They're at Extra Mile to take on Colorado State. Tip off with Leonard Berry at 6.30 on 50,000-watt flagship for Boise State basketball, 670 KBY. Then the uh, defending Mountain West champion Boise State men's basketball team will head to Las Vegas to take on UNLV. Pre-game with Bob and Abe at 8.30. Tip-off at 9 o'clock on your FM home for the Boise State basketball team, 93.1 FM. So keep in mind, for those of you who want to hear basketball that night, it will be on 93.1 FM for the men's basketball and then regular programming uh, on uh, the AM, 670 AM. But doubleheader, the women's basketball kicks things off on Wednesday. Men try to keep uh, rolling on the uh, men's side, uh, continuing. They are 2-1 and one in Mountain West play. Today is, by the way, Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with us this morning, um, and we'll talk with him about the latest game, what to expect coming up this week. So be tuned in. Coming up this morning, just after 8.30. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, good morning, 208-336-3700. Toll free from wherever you might be listening, 1-800-529-5264. For those of you who forgot to buy a Mega Millions jackpot lottery ticket, good news for you. You have another chance to wow. win. Uh, there was no winner on Saturday, uh, Friday night, so that means tomorrow night's drawing will be at approximately $1.1 billion. Instant billionaire. Instant billionaire. So uh, tomorrow night, $1.1 billion estimated grand prize. Uh, Friday, if you had won, 
close to a billion, not quite nine hundred and forty million dollars is what the uh, winner enough would to have get, got. Enough to get you through the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest Mega Millions jackpot, $1.5 billion back on October 23rd, 2018. We're getting close to their uh, $1.3 billion on July 29th of last year. This one, um, if we don't get a winner on Tuesday night, probably going to be around uh, the $1.3 billion that the number two largest wow. Mega Millions uh, lottery jackpot that, has been. That is a lot of money. And the great thing, too, is that you still have about a one in three hundred and two million chance to one to win, but the, the people who don't buy a ticket have uh, a billion, tri- a, a, oh yeah, a quadrillion and one chance. The mathematicians or just various people always tell you that the the people who buy a ticket have a just slightly better mm-hmm. advantage than the people who don't have one. Now, there is a man here in the United States who's not wasting time and waiting until Tuesday. He's going to try to become a, win a million dollars coming up tonight. Jim Mattress Mac McInville put a seven-figure wager last week on tonight's the Houston, TCU Georgia game. That's the Houston mattress dealer, right? Yes. Fresh off his incredible $75 million win on the Astros in the World Series. He is back. He put a big bet on underdog TCU in the national title game. Yeah, he's loyal to Texas. 14, I think uh, TCU is a 14-point underdog Wow! tonight. He placed a bet of $1.5 million on the money line at plus 370 odds in Louisiana. If the Horned Frogs upset the Bulldogs, he will take home $5.5 million. I can't imagine myself after winning $75 million still being described as a mattress salesman. <laughs> well, at this point, you know, when you win that hey, look kind of money. That guy won $75 million. And guess what? He doesn't do anything for a living. He's, he's playing with house money now. Big I, house. I, I have to say, I'm pulling for TCU. My too. house doesn't have that kind of money. Game uh, tonight for the national championship. Georgia, once again, taking on TCU. You're going for the underdog? I'm going for the underdog. Just because, you know, it goes to show when you get a whole bunch of money and move up to a bigger conference, not only do you have to play tougher competition, but you get more money and a better chance of winning. So it's amazing that they just, what, five years ago uh, moved up into the Power Five? How lucky are they to be geographically located in Texas? Yeah, helps there too. Let's get a check on uh, what else is going on in sports this morning. It's brought to you by... Pork Belly in CUNA. Get out today. Find some of the unique items you're going to find just at Pork Belly. No place else. One of the things that I would try out are the Pork Belly Bites. Uh, ask for them by name. They're absolutely delicious. And, of course, everything that you get at Pork Belly should come with a side of their gravy. Good morning. The college football season will come to its conclusion tonight when TCU meets in the college football playoff championship game against Georgia. We hear more from ABC's Brian Clark. Georgia is one of college football's blue bloods looking to repeat as national champions. That makes tonight's matchup even more enticing, says TCU quarterback Max Duggan. I think it's exciting to be able to play the champs. You know, not a lot of people get that opportunity to, to, to knock somebody off and, and compete against those guys. Texas Christian's lone national title came in 1938, but Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh says this current group of Bulldogs is built day by day. Bloody Tuesdays, uh, how we practice on Wednesdays is just gets us 
the where we at right now. The game kicks off on ESPN at 7.30 Eastern. Brian Clark, ABC News. Once again, the championship game is the Big 12 versus the SEC. Of course, Georgia, no stranger to the national championship game. We're all excited Alabama's not playing this year. Oklahoma is another Big 12 conference team that has been in the national championship as of late. They, of course, didn't have a great season. They finished just three and six in conference and six and seven overall. Why do I bring it up? No particular reason. More than anything, just to point out that Oklahoma has fallen on hard times, but has been the dominant team in the Big 12 over the last several years. TCU, nine and zero in conference games and 13 and one overall, making it to the championship game, while Georgia, a perfect record, 14 and zero, eight and zero in conference in the SEC. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's easy, huh? I never thought we'd get up here. Thank you, Minority Leader Jeffries. Hakeem, I've got to warn you. Two years ago, I got 100% of the vote from my conference. (laughs) You know, my father always told me, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And now we need to finish strong for the American people. Now will the speaker-designate raise his right hand. Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you're about to enter? So help you, God. Yes, I do. Congratulations and Godspeed. That was Kevin McCarthy being sworn in on uh, he's, Saturday. He's funny. He is kind of funny. I like that. Well, that um, was easy. <laughs> on the 15th vote. Finally elected. McCarthy took the oath of office. The House was finally able to swear in newly elected lawmakers who had been waiting all week. Be interesting. Uh, did family members who show up for this thing to uh, be able to watch? If they stuck around all week, my guess is probably not. <laughs> well, not those who, you know, were from uh, outside D.C., which was eh, pretty much all of them. Yeah. After four days of grueling ballots, McCarthy flipped more than a dozen conservative holdouts to become supporters, including the chairman of the chamber, uh, Freedom Caucus. He fell one vote short on the 14th ballot. The chamber became very raucous and unruly after that. McCarthy strode to the back of the chamber to confront Republican Matt Ga- Gates, and uh, who was sitting with Lauren Boebert and other holdouts. Fingers were pointed, words were exchanged, violence apparently just averted. Well, at one know, point, at, 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 okay, here's the deal. At one point, a guy uh, came down and leaned in to talk to Matt Gates, and somebody came up from behind him, put his hand over his face, and pulled him out of there. And so the what they were saying was this guy lunged at Matt Gates. No, he leaned over to talk to him, and the other guy overreacted. Is what I think happened. Final tally: two sixteen to two twelve. Democrats voting for leader Hakeem Jeffries as they did on every single vote. 
Six Republican holdouts to McCarthy just simply voted present, which, if you're wondering, well, didn't they need 218 to pass? No, you... Uh, yeah, if you vote present, it's the same as... Uh, not like, being not there. really being yeah. there. <laughs> which, which is funny. I'm here, so therefore I'm not here. Uh, the agreement McCarthy presented to the holdouts from the Freedom Caucus and other centers around rules changes that they have been seeking for months. Those changes, uh, one of them could shrink the... Uh, Speaker's office power, House rule that would uh, allow a single lawmaker to make a motion to vacate the chair, essentially calling a vote to oust the Speaker. McCarthy had resisted allowing a return to the longstanding rule that former Speaker Nancy Pelosi had done away with, but it appears McCarthy had no other choice. Others uh, wins for the holdouts include provisions to to a proposed deal to expand the number of seats available on the House Rules Committee to mandate 72 hours for bills to be posted before votes, and to promise to try for a constitutional amendment that would impose federal limits on the number of terms a person could serve in the House and Senate. I don't have a problem with any of those rules, do you? Well, no, I don't, but my guess is uh, Congress has this uh, habit of of never voting uh, themselves out of office. Mm -hmm. In, In other words... Term limits. And I don't think they're going to here. No. There's just a promise that they would try for a constitutional amendment. What does what does that look like? Oh, hey, look, we tried. It's done. It's over with. I already tried. Didn't work. The, the other one there, the big one, because we hear complaints about this all the time, that senators and rep, uh, representatives are forced to take votes on things that they have no chance of getting enough time to read. Yeah. There'll be a 5,000 word. And 72 bill. hours doesn't make it that much better, but at least it gives There's you a little, a little time. bit of time so that you can have some of your staffers go over it. Yeah, here's an 1,100 page uh, document. Yeah. We'll be or, voting in two hours. Yeah. It's, I don't have a problem with that at all. It's like, it should be that way. You should know what you're voting on without just saying, oh, just vote for this. Um, this is what it means. No, I, I want a chance to read it. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily even have a problem with the one person vote to oust the speaker unless it is used over and over as a hammer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If there's a real reason to Any, oust anything the speaker, that, anything, no problem. Anything that gets weaponized and is yeah. just used for petty reasons is not going to be uh, terribly constructive. So in the uh, long run, I, I think... You know, the holdouts are going to say, hey, we got what we wanted. I already told you a little bit earlier this morning that Matt Getz had basically said, hey, uh, we finally ran out of stuff to ask for, so uh, we acquiesced to uh, him being the speaker. So obviously they got what they wanted. Kevin McCarthy got what he wanted, and his supporters got what they wanted as him as Speaker of the House. And I would say probably the real winner, at least virally, was Representative Katie Porter. You see, a lot of people during this whole time, you know, seen on their phones, seen reading books, mm-hmm. because it's just nonstop. You, you, boredom. You, yeah, boredom. Yeah. Uh, it's, did, it's tedious. Did you see the book Katie Porter was seen reading? No. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. Serious? Seriously. She was reading that? She on, was reading that while in, they were in, taking uh, votes in, in the chamber. In Congress, okay. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, mm-hmm. and then you can fill in the uh, F word there i'm gonna say filament filament the subtle art of not giving a filibuster oh there we go there we go although i some of them should learn that quite 
sure if that F word was the F word that yeah. was meant, but your thoughts. Are you just glad it's over, or uh, does this mean a little bit to you? 208-336-3700. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Time for a uh, check on sports. Once again, it is brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. Want to get some great food? Pork Belly is the place to go. Downtown CUNA. They also feature smoked coffee beans, plant-based energy drinks, fresh donuts on the weekends, and much much more. Get into Pork Belly. Find out what we've been talking about today, located in downtown Kena. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington. Boise State picking up its second Mountain West win of the season, and they did it with a solid victory over Utah State, 82-59 to over the weekend. The Aggies came into Saturday's game with Boise State as the nation's top three-point shooting team. The Broncos held them to two for 13 in the first half and seven for 21 for the game. Tyson Degenhardt on how they did it. I think it was a you know a good game to have before this with San Jose State because they can get it going from three and you know uh, we did good things in that game and we just you know looked back at the film and saw the things that we needed to improve on for Utah State since they are the best three point shooting team in the country so we really had an emphasis on running them off the line and then and trying to make it a two on two game in every pick and roll. Degenhardt had a double double with 19 points to go with a career high 10 rebounds. Up next for the Broncos, a road game at UNLV on Wednesday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. A look around the rest of the Mountain West from over the weekend. It was Nevada that went on the road and defeated San Jose State 67-40. to San Diego State picks up another victory, this time over Wyoming, 80-75. to Colorado State with home victory over Fresno State, 79-57. And UNLV went on the road and defeated New Mexico, 84-77. We also need to take a look at the standings for the Mountain West, kind of give you the idea of where things stand right now. Nevada is 14-3 and overall and a perfect 4-0 and and in first place in conference. San Diego State right behind them at 3-0. and They're also at 12-3 and overall. Utah State and Boise State, they are both tied for third right now, both the 2-1 and in conference. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us once again this morning to talk about your money. It was a big rally for stocks on Friday as of this morning. Dow futures are up 130 points. Crypto is up. Oil is up. Man, what kind of horrible news did we get to see across the board, everything being in the green this morning? No, Friday was really the day that we saw a first big rally for U.S. stocks going into the new year. We had all three major U.S. indexes finishing over 2%. For the week, you had the S&P 500, Dow Jones, and the NASDAQ all finishing up just north of 1%. You had bonds. You had the aggregate bond index up over 2% last wow. week. So so across the board, we saw a good bid. Now this, now this morning, we're seeing futures carry over that momentum slightly. Hopefully, we can continue to build on that Friday rally, but it certainly is a busy week. You have uh, fourth quarter earnings season getting kicked off today. So you have JP Morgan reporting their fourth quarter earnings. So investors are going to be paying close attention to this. Additionally, you have Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell set to make statements on Tuesday. And that's a couple days before the highly anticipated Consumer Price Index report, which of course really has been taking the cake as far as economic data to see where is inflation going. Now, last week, the reason why we saw that rally, particularly on Thursday, is because there uh, 
uh, we're starting to see wage gains start to moderate. And wage gains have been, at least in the opinion of Chairman uh, Jerome Powell, wage gains have been one of the highest contributing factors to these inflation rates that we've been seeing. So we're starting to see that moderate. And the market might actually be anticipating we might get a soft landing, meaning the Federal Reserve does exactly what it intends to do, brings down inflation, keeps interest rates moderated, and we don't drive ourselves into a high un un unemployment picture. So for right now, that's some optimistic, optimistic thinking way too soon in the year, or at least with this data, to, to really see if that's going to be, if that's going to come to fruition. But it's good. We could be, start to see a start of a trend, but it's certainly a busy this week with earnings getting kicked off, with inflation reports to be released, and you're also going to get some Fed speak. So, uh, Put your seatbelts on. So optimism, basically, in the stock markets uh, until Jerome Powell opens his mouth later this week, right? <laughs> yep. You know, and then and then to touch on the uh, the oil piece, yeah. I mean, you're starting, you're seeing a big bump for oil. Price of crude and price of bread are up almost three percent. Now, this is largely in part around again optimism around China reopening their borders, which is pretty interesting. I mean, it, you're talking about the world's second largest economy that for mo that, I mean, essentially has been locked down since COVID hit. So any indication that they're going to start reopening opening, they're going to start uh, getting their economic output up and running. You're certainly going to see uh, some optimism for Chinese stocks, which we've seen last week, and it's certainly given a bump for oil as well. All right. Ahead of the uh, opening here in a few minutes, looks like everything is in the green as of this morning. We'll keep an eye on it, get an update from you in about an hour, and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. In addition to the Deja Brew Bistro deal coming up here this Friday morning, don't forget R&R Barbecue half-price deal. And you don't have to wait till Friday. If you want to get some great deals right now, you can go to KBOI.com and click on the Sweet Deal link. Uh, still a couple more enhanced concealed carry classes. Idaho Enhanced Academy, $125 value for $62.50. There are less than five of those left. And there's also some gift certificates, Twisted District in Garden City. There's only eight of those left if you want to take advantage. And the uh, La Peep Sweet Deal in Meridian. $50 gift certificate for $25. Those are all available right now, so you don't have to wait till Friday morning at 9 to take advantage. Get in right now, KBOI.com. Click on the Sweet Deals link, and uh, you'll be able to get any one or all of them if you would like. It's really nice to pay half price. Yeah. For, well, you know, anything. And the uh, one that we had there last week, remember, and probably a good reason why it sold out so quickly after it dropped down, a $320 value that we had for pest control from mm -hmm. Emerald Lawns, $320 value sold for 99 bucks, and uh, <laughs> the last one sold out last week. So take advantage before they're gone. Once they're gone, they are gone. Email in uh, Dan in McCall writes, Mike at KBOI.com. I'm from uh, New Meadows, and this has been the first time that I've ever been so interested in politics. I'm a 20-year U.S. Army infantry veteran that now has a newborn on the way this year. Prior to this year, I have pretty much let politics be something that I didn't pay attention to. Now we have a new Speaker of the House in D.C. I believe it's more important than ever to pay closer attention to what's going on in D.C. and also here at home. 
We drove down for the gala on Saturday to speak firsthand to our political leaders and about the current state of affairs and what the future looks like for us here at home in Idaho. My wife and I plan to attend as many of these events as possible over the next few years. After speaking with some of the other non-politicians that attended the event, I know now why it is so important for us to personally attend these events and let our leaders know that we're willing to talk to them and want to participate in these events with them. I enjoy your show and listen any chance I get. I like that. Somebody from a small town who's very active thank when, you. It, when it comes to yeah, uh, thank you, state politics. And, and keep in mind, I mean, you got wintertime. They drive down here. I'm guessing they probably, uh, you know, spent money to stay at a hotel here in Boise to be able to uh, participate in uh, politics. Possibility. Yeah. Thank you uh, very much. Much appreciated, uh, Dan, and uh, especially appreciate you and your life, uh, wife listening in New, New Meadows every chance that you get. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning, uh, please feel free. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Once again, a reminder that coming up today, State of the State address from uh, Governor Brad Little will be happening at 1 o'clock, and News Talk KBOI will be carrying that live here so that you can listen in if you want to hear that. Also, a reminder that coming up on Wednesday, Governor Brad Little will be with us live on our show here on News Talk KBOI. That'll be happening at about 8.35. We'll talk about some of the goals, some of his hopes and wishes that he has for the upcoming legislative session. Once again, that's Wednesday morning coming up at about 8.35. Right now, 7.44, time for another final check on what's going on with sports this morning. Brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA, the place to go for lunch every day, Monday through Sunday. They're open up at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 till 2 every day. Check out their entire menu. Follow them on Facebook, or you can go to porkbellyidaho.com. Good morning. The college football season will come to its conclusion tonight when TCU meets in the college football playoff championship game against Georgia. We hear more from ABC's Brian Clark. Georgia is one of college football's blue bloods looking to repeat as national champions. That makes tonight's matchup even more enticing, says TCU quarterback Max Duggan. I think it's exciting to be able to play the champs. You know, not a lot of people get that opportunity to, to, to knock somebody off and, and compete against those guys. Texas Christian's lone national title came in 1938, but Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh says this current group of Bulldogs is built day by day. Bloody Tuesdays, uh, how we practice on Wednesdays is just gets us to where we're at right now. The game kicks off on ESPN at 7.30 Eastern. Brian Clark, ABC News. Once again, the championship game is the Big 12 versus the SEC. Of course, Georgia, no stranger to the national championship game. We're all excited Alabama's not playing this year. Oklahoma is another Big 12 conference team that has been in the national championship as of late. They, of course, didn't have a great season. They finished just Three and six in conference and six and seven overall. Why do I bring it up? No particular reason. More than anything, just to point out that Oklahoma has fallen on hard times, but has been the dominant team in the Big 12 over the last several years. TCU nine and zero in conference games and thirteen and one overall, making it to the championship game. While Georgia a perfect record fourteen and zero, eight and zero in conference in the SEC. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 751. Phone lines are open if you want to take part in the show. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 if you have a Verizon wireless phone. one 800 529 
844-843-1234. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. President Joe uh, Biden, uh, already just one week into the new year, uh, apparently uh, either lied about the recession, forgot he said that there wasn't a recession, or committed uh, another Freudian slip uh, last Wednesday. President Biden inadvertently, inadvertently, um, at least that's what his staff is saying, um, admitted that America is experiencing a recession that worsened two years ago. While speaking in Kentucky about infrastructure investments, Biden was explaining the importance of investment in American manufacturing and specifically companies that produced semiconductors and was talking about the recession. Take a listen. Invented the semiconductor, the United States. Then we got back in our heels. No, think about it. Think about why the recession got so bad two years ago. Cars got so expensive. We didn't have semiconductors. Scores of them are in the engines of every automobile. We invented them. And then we went to sleep. We exported jobs. Now we're exporting product and creating jobs. I don't know if somebody pointed out to him that two years ago he said that we weren't in a recession and weren't headed towards a recession. Now two years later, saying that we were in a recession yeah. and it got really, really bad. Two, let's see, two years ago he was still about two weeks away from being president at this point. Mm-hmm. But never admitted that we were in a recession, even though we went through two back-to-back quarters of mm-hmm. negative growth, which... Basically, for a I long guess, time, had, I, I guess he's changed his mind about it. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily even know that. I think he may have forgot. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Hard to say. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, another thing we're going to talk about here, uh, Biden administration published a congressional mandated report highlighting the positive economic benefits of the Keystone Pipeline would have had if the president had not revoked its federal permits. The report, which the Department of Energy completed uh, in December, says that the Keystone XL pipeline would have created between 16,000 and 59,000 jobs, would have had a positive economic impact of between $3.4 to $9.6 billion, citing various studies. In case you don't remember, immediately after taking office in January of 2021, Biden canceled pipeline's permits, effectively shutting the project down. Biden administration, according to Senator Steve Daines of Montana, said uh, last week in a statement, the Biden administration finally owned up to what we have known all along. Killing the Keystone Pipeline cost good-paying jobs, hurt Montana's economy, and was the first step in the Biden administration's war on oil and gas production. The DOE was forced to issue this report after Daines and Senator Jim Risch of Idaho successfully inserted a bill mandating the report into the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act Biden signed to law in November of 2021. The agency was required to publish the report within 90 days of the bill's passage, but ultimately waited more than a year before releasing it. (laughs) Well, that's more than 90 days. (laughs) Yeah. The Department of Energy finally admitted to its worst-kept secret about the Keystone Pipeline, President Biden's decision to cancel the pipeline, sacrificed thousands of American jobs, Risch said. Late Thursday, to make matters worse, his decision moved the U.S. further away from energy independence and lower gas prices at a time when inflation and gas prices are drastically impacting America's pocketbooks, he added. 
I did notice that gas here in the Treasure Valley dropped another couple of cents over the weekend. Hmm. I've gotten to where I don't even notice anymore. You don't have to fill up all the time. Well, no, that's true. <laughs> since we got a <laughs> since we got a hybrid, we just fill up like you know once a month. Well, and how often do you fill up? Me personally, yeah, never. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't drive if anymore. F- if you were filling up every other week, like you know, a lot of people, you'd probably notice I a little bit. I don't more. drive anymore. For those of you who don't know, it's because of an eyesight problem. Yeah. S- somebody somebody wrote in one time. How many DUIs did you have? <laughs> Uh, now, I had zero DUIs, <laughs> but I still can't drive. Well, and based on evidence, it seems like DU, DUIs don't necessarily keep you from driving either. Well, that's true. Like, what was it? One guy they had, like, he had more Eight than 100. Of them, I think. Or, oh, no, more? there was a guy that got stopped like 100 times for driving drunk, and he just kept doing it wow. because they kept letting him out of jail. Phone lines are open. Also, email Mike at KBOI.com. It is Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be talking with him about the latest win against Utah State. Might be uh, the most complete game, in my opinion, uh, that uh, Boise State has played so far this year. We'll be talking against about the win against Utah State, also about upcoming games this week. We'll find out, can they uh, be just as good on the road as they are at home? Uh, I, I think... You and I talked about this already, mm-hmm. that I think whoever wins the most road games this year has the best chance of, which might of be like, winning. Which might be like three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very good possibility. But whoever does well on the road this year in the Mountain West, I, I feel, has a good chance of winning the uh, conference championship. We'll talk with Bob Beeler still on the way. Also on the way, uh, Harlem Globetrotter tickets also coming up here at 208-336-3700. Stay tuned. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 806, the uh, Dow continues to be up. As a matter of fact, we're up across the board this morning. S&P, NASDAQ, Dow's up 145 points. After uh, we saw the uh, stock market see a uh, big day on Friday, continuing as of today, we'll uh, continue to keep you updated on that and more this morning. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, still on the way for you this morning. We got a family four-pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters coming up uh, January 31st. It's going to be going at the Ford Idaho Center. If you've never uh, seen the Harlem Globetrotters uh, taking your family, definitely it's something all your kids should see. Take them at least once. And if you've been there uh, before, uh, it's it's always great entertainment, family entertainment. So we'll have a chance for you to get a family four-pack of tickets coming up here sometime within the next 90 minutes. If, like me, you saw the show 50 years ago and loved it, good news. It's uh, very close to the same show. I'm trying to think. The last time I saw Harlem Globetrotters was Pullman, Washington. Mm. Yeah, saw him at the WSU Cougars. The only place I've ever seen him is Twin Falls, but I saw him about three times there. And uh, see, the first time I know the the leader of that particular troop was uh, Geese Geese Osby. Geese Osby. I've seen I've seen Geese Osby. I also saw him with Meadowlark Lemon. I, I never saw him with Meadowlark. They didn't. They never came to a Twin Meadowlark. Meadowlark came. Both are funny, but I, Meadowlark was a after, little more funny, a little more personality than Geese Osby. After Meadowlark was no longer a globetrotter, he had a group called Meadowlark Lemon's Bucketeers, mm-hmm. and they came to Twin Falls one time to the high school gym. And I think about 60 people showed up for that. A whole 60 people? Well, it was like two days before Christmas. And oh. I don't know. It oh, just... Uh, probably... Did you did you go to that the, one? The Globe, no. The Globetrotters oh. had a name. The Bucketeers did not. Yeah. The 
State of the State, Governor Brad Little, be happening today at 1 o'clock. You'll be able to hear it here on News Talk KBOI. Phone lines are open for you this morning over the next, I know we have Bronco Monday coming up here at 835, but if you want to email in, you can be doing that through the next rest of the show till 10 o'clock. Just curious, what do you want to see as priorities? Looking ahead, we're probably going to see um, concerns having to do with affordable housing, transportation and education what to do there's uh about a one point i think eight billion dollar surplus once again what's going to be done with that do you do you want to see another tax rebate coming your way we've seen two of those in the last year maybe you have just a general you know just general instructions for the uh, legislature like hey uh don't make anything worse what would you like to see as the priorities this year Property taxes? Every, Not, every other kind of taxes? <laughs> every year it's for the last, let's see, coming up here next week, I'll have been here for four years. Every year, the entire time that I've been here, four years, starting four years ago, property taxes, one of the priorities that a lot of our listeners bring up every year. And it one seems the, to get louder and louder as we've gone on. One of the biggest promises that they make every year, for sure. Specifically, though, weigh in. You're an Idaho voter. What would you like to see as the priorities? Like I said, we're going to have money. To, it looks like we're going to have money to spend. There's another huge surplus. The governor has made it no secret that education is going to continue to be one of his priorities. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of talk about education during the state of the state today. Yeah. If you listen in. But just curious, what do you personally, as an Idaho citizen and taxpayer, want to see as a priority this year for your Idaho legislature. We won't be uh, seeing, I I think, anything having to do with uh, priorities having to do with COVID, even though COVID is still going on. I don't think that that's going to be one of the main priorities that was last year seemed to be talked about a lot. And if your priority is, like, make something better, for instance, you know, make our tax situation better. Yeah. How, how would you do how, it? Would, make, how would you want to make, see it done? Make education better. How? Mike and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning. Number one issue that affects everything is property tax. And I don't have a lot of hope that they're going to do a lot. They'll do a little just to say they did something. But that's what affects everything we do, including so-called affordable housing uh, companies that own those, their property taxes, their property taxes have actually went down a little bit. But I take my own home as an example. I'm paying double compared to what I was seven years ago. And they've got to address it. Specifically, um, and maybe you haven't thought about this yet, specifically, what would you like them see to do to address it? Well, I I think, and it's going to be hard because of the way the state constitution is written, but, uh, and I hate to give California credit, but their Proposition 13 resolved a lot of issues for seniors uh, that uh, their property tax is frozen, uh, and it stays that way as long as they live in the home. Then when it is sold, it it will most likely triple to the next buyer. It just seems fair, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, you know, uh, my neighbor just left. He just put his house up for sale, said he couldn't afford to live here, and he lives up in Grangeville now. Uh, him and his wife and kids, they just all moved out. So question, and, question for uh, you. Say the legislature just 
addressed property taxes for seniors and made it just for seniors, would you be okay just with that as far as property taxes go, or do you want to see it across the board? It, it really should be across the board, but, you know, due to the fact I'm a senior, I, I'll take anything I can get. But there's a lot of people out there that aren't, you know, that are in their 50s, and their property tax is doubling, and their salaries are going up and down. And I just think we have to address it. And, you know, the problem is Joe and Jill taxpayer that owns a house doesn't have an expensive lobbyist to lobby down at the legislature. And that's what makes the system work. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Mike. Um, go ahead. We'll talk more about this coming up after 9 o'clock. Uh, we need to take a break here. Coming up, we've got our Casper and Chris Damn Your Impossible Question. But we'll we'll talk more about this. If you want to write in right now, feel free. You can email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Specifically, what do you think should be the priority of our legislators as we get into this legislative session uh, gets underway today? What do you want to specifically see as the priority? You can also uh, text us, 208-336-3700. As I mentioned, stay tuned. We've got an r our barbecue gift certificate coming up here next with the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. We will get to that right after Bronco Sports Today. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at three. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For all your real estate needs, one easy phone call, 208-888-4128. Kathy is going to get first crack at her question today, trying to get that $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue, any one of their locations, either downtown Boise or in Meridian. Kathy, only four presidential candidates have ever had a name that did not appear in the top 1,000 baby names the year they ran for president. Adlai Stevenson in 52 and 56. Barack Obama, 2008 and 2012. Willard Mitt Romney in 2012. Our question today is, what was the fourth candidate who had a name that wasn't listed anywhere in the top 1,000 baby names that year? Uh, I'm going to guess at Dwight, Dwight Eisenhower. That's a very good guess. Unfortunately, that is not it. Ah, okay. Keep, keep trying. Uh, Ellen. What is the fourth presidential candidate whose name was not listed in uh, one of the top 1,000 baby names the year they ran for president? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm going to say Rutherford B. Hayes. Another good guess? Not it. Okay. Lisa, who is that fourth presidential candidate whose name was not listed in the top 1,000 baby names the year they ran for president? Abraham. Abraham Lincoln. No, that's another good that's guess. Not but it either. No, that's not it either. Uh, Allison, who is that fourth candidate? Jefferson Wigan Clinton. One more time. Jefferson Wigan Clinton. Jefferson William Clinton. <laughs> William Jefferson Clinton. I, I was trying to get if you were trying to sneak three names no, his, in there, or his, if you you were given the full name. Okay. His actual first name is William, and that was in the top thousand. Yeah, that that was uh, oh. not correct. Keep trying, uh, Greg. Who is that fourth candidate? Do you know? Um, I think Newt Gingrich ran, didn't he? Newt Newt Gingrich. He was never his party's. Uh, uh, he was oh, never his party's nominee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it had to be one of the party oh, nominees. Just the nominee. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Ray. Good morning. Who is it? Good morning. 
I'm going to go with uh, Lyndon. Lyndon B. Johnson. There's, there's, that would have, I guess, would yeah. be one. But you remember my, that's not my, it. my first two guesses. You let me keep guessing, and mm-hmm. my guesses were Lyndon and Dwight, and yeah. neither one was correct. All right, one more, um, and then this becomes an official. Oh, it looks like uh, our, our oh. listener right there, Dick, was going to guess one of those. Uh, so that was our final official. This has turned into an official. Mm-hmm. Damn, the, not just a damn near impossible. It's impossible. The key clue was think of very recent elections. And here's the crazy part. I would never have expected this, except for the fact that maybe this person made the name so unpopular. Well, plus it was <laughs> it was spelled with a double letter in the There's middle, another, which is, is another also one, yeah. uh, the, not, not the most common name uh, or spelling of the name. We had the last name correct from one of our mm-hmm. listeners. They had the first name wrong. Hillary Clinton was yes. the candidate who did not have her name in the top 1,000 baby names the year that she ran. Hillary spelled with two L's. Yes. True. So uh, no winner. That's the bad news. No winner. It is officially a an impossible question. The good news is, for those of you who did not get in and get a chance to win, you still have another chance to win. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that right now. Caller number 6, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Caller number 6, those tickets are yours. Stay tuned. News coming up here next. And we got Bronco Monday on the way with Bob Beeler. Stick around. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Bob Beeler, on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk, KBOI. It is 839. He's Chris Alton. I'm Mike Casper. And Bob Beeler with us once again to talk basketball this morning. And uh, everybody should be in a pretty good mood. Number one, a lot of people at the arena, Extra Mile Arena, sold out game, huge crowd, huge game. And uh, I kind of agree with you, Bob. Uh, I personally think this may be, so far this year, the best all-around game the Boise State Broncos have played. Well, I think it was, uh, Mike, as you look at the score. 82 to 59, solid win. Uh, the defense, I thought, was on point. I mean, Utah State made one of their first 10 from three point range for the game. You know, they finished seven out of uh, 21 for 33%. But the first half, they were two for 13. Why is this significant? Utah State came in the nation's number one ranked three point shooting team in the country. So the defense did it and did it tremendously. Rebounding, both teams came in. An advantage of six rebounds a game average. Boise State had 41 rebounds. Utah State had 29. And then I thought Boise State may have played its best offensive game as well. They shot 55% in the first half. They ended up shooting 50% for the game. And they made over 50% of their threes, 11 of 19. This was the most complete performance. And then you throw in the ninth largest crowd in the history of Extra Mile Arena of 12,007. Uh, it, it was just a wonderful afternoon of Boise State basketball. What was the strategy of Boise State coming into this game? Well, they wanted to, to deny the three, and they did it. And just because you want to do something doesn't mean you're going to do it. Uh, Stephen Ashworth, who came in as the leading scorer for Utah State, their top three-point shooter, he was making over half of the three-pointers that he attempted. He was one for four from three. He was one for eight for the game and ended up finishing with four points when he normally averages 17. So I think everything started with defense. You know, the first couple minutes of the game, Utah State 
really couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. They weren't getting good looks. They were missing <laughs> shots, and it just carried through the whole game. Yeah, and it was crazy. It wasn't just the threes after they, you know, were missing threes. They couldn't, I mean, make point blank shots all of a sudden. It was just absolutely crazy to watch, and you you could tell that they kind of lost um, any bit of you know confidence that they had just even in shooting. The other thing that I really loved about this game, and I went home later and uh, watched watched the action. I had recorded it. Um, loved seeing the amount of talent coming off the bench that they got help colby young and jace uh winning colby young or whiting uh colby young i couldn't believe i mean there's a guard that just picked up and and rebounded like crazy in the first half well and that was something that boise state had not done and utah state had utah state's bench one of the top benches in the country had averaged 33 points a game coming in boise state outscored them 18 to 14. I mean, it was it was the bench's finest hour as well. Kobe Young seems like he's a player that's getting better and better, as is Jace Whiting. Um, both of those guys are, well, I guess uh, Young is a redshirt freshman. Whiting is a true freshman. So I think for Boise State to get to where they want, Mike, I, I really think it's the bench that's got to improve. They've gotten really good performances out of guys like, you know, Degenhart, Shaver, and Abbo. Uh, Degenhart, by the way, with his first career double-double, he had 19 points to go with a career-high 10 rebounds. So uh, the, the, the mainstays, the stars, if you will, came to play for Boise State, but so did some of the guys that hadn't really contributed that much this year as well. The other uh, big, huge thing, and I, I think for going forward, uh, Dagenhart finally started hitting on his threes. He, he shot 100%, didn't he? Yeah, he was two for two, and they both came early, and they kind of set a tone for Boise State. Last year he was, I think, 43% from three. Um, this year he'd been in the mid-20s. So you kind of thought that maybe he was due and he's been working hard. Uh, one of the things, he has changed positions, and he's playing the five, which basically is your post or your center. And in my opinion, when you play the center or Marcus Shaver changing from shooting guard to point guard, I think the minutes you play at the those two positions are heavier minutes than the positions the two guys played last year. Both guys overall for the season are down shooting the three ball percentage-wise, and I think that maybe you expend way more energy you know, handling the ball, defending big guys in the post. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, excellent, excellent job shooting the three, uh, the two that he took, uh, Degenhart made. Very good observation there, too. Mm-hmm. Well, what does it ultimately mean, this win? Well, it, it it leaves you closer to first place. I mean, there there now are just two teams in the conference that are undefeated. One that's very expected, and that being San Diego State. And they, by the way, had to pull it out in the last minute against Wyoming on the road. Wyoming has not won a conference game after being picked second place in the league at the beginning. The big reason is the best player for Wyoming hasn't played a game all season, so they really have been hurt by injuries. And then to me, the surprise team of the year, Nevada, picked, I want to say, seventh or eighth, is 4-0. and They just uh, blew out San Diego State, six, excuse me, San Jose State, 67-40. to 40. Nevada is 4-0 and on the season. They had that close win in the opener against Boise State. So we're down to two. Boise State now is, I guess, technically, if you have two in, in the first spot that are unbeaten, uh, Boise State and Utah State both sitting in third place at 2-1. and But, boy, does 2-1 uh, and one look a lot better on your mark than, <laughs> you know, if they had lost that game Saturday yeah. to Utah State to fall to 1-2. and two. 
I, I think uh, I kind of agree with you. Some of the surprises that we saw this weekend, um, number one, Nevada blowing out San Jose State. I think Boise mm-hmm. State blowing out Utah State was a surprise. Mm-hmm. And New Mexico has now lost two in a row when they looked so strong. That was kind of a surprise, too. Yeah, and uh, UNLV beat them, and UNLV had not looked that strong in their first two games. So I, I think the league this year is very even. I've not seen San Diego State yet in any of my scouts. I think they're the best team in the league. I think they're the deepest team in the league, and I think maybe they're the most talented team in the league. So I think overall the top of the league is not as good as it was last year, and I think the bottom of the league is significantly better. So I think you're going to have some games, especially when you know some teams are at home, where you look at the two matchups and you say, "Wow, I'm surprised." You know, Team X beat Team Y, mm-hmm. but uh, look at who's home. You got You got to carry serve at home because the league is very even this year. All right, Bob Beeler with us once again, talking about the most latest win uh, against Utah State. Uh, coming up when we come back after this break, we'll hear from the coach and what he thought about uh, the win this past Saturday night. It is Bronco Monday here on News Talk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 849, Bob Beeler with us once again, talking about uh, Bronco basketball, latest game against Utah State. Yeah, and of course, Coach Rice uh, was extremely happy with the result, and why not? Uh, As we talked about offense, defense, players coming off the bench, crowd, everything was very good, and uh, Coach Rice talked post-game about the overall win over Utah State. Our guys did a great job of the prep. You know, it's the leadership of these guys. I mean, our coaches did a, you know, I always say that. They, they have some great plans and this and that. But that's all. you got to have the good plan, first of all. But it's about them understanding it and going out and doing it and buying into it. And then just playing really hard. You, you know, the, the, the best plan doesn't work if you don't play really hard. And I thought our guys just really focused on that and did a great job. You know, uh, our bench, Kobe was great. You know, did filled in for Buzo, who was in foul trouble, uh, and you know, Jace is just getting better every time out. And again, that was Coach Rice on the win. Uh, he mentioned uh, two guys specifically off the bench that uh, Mike had mentioned a little earlier in the program here. But uh, I, I thought the player of the game was Tyson Degenhardt. Uh, 19 points, 10 rebounds, made 8 of 14 shots, made uh, both of his three-pointers, uh, took a couple of charges as he normally does, and uh, Rice couldn't be happier for a sophomore. You walk out here and you're like, okay, that, this is a basketball environment and this is a high-level basketball environment. And that other team felt it. You know, I mean, it, it makes it hard on them. And, uh, not, you know, when you have a good team and you're playing good and the crowd brings energy. Because, you know, we played hard the first half. There was a stretch in the second half when they hit a couple threes and cut it to 15, I think. And, you know, they're, they're a scary team. That game, you know, we never felt like that game was over with 8, 10 minutes to go up 15. And that was uh, Coach talking about the crowd of 10,000. Uh, let's see if we have the one on, on Tyson Degenhart, or maybe there was a mistake loading. Let, let's try it again for Tyson. Huge. And, you know, we've had some good talks about his shooting, and he's feeling confident again. And, uh, you know, like I said before, I don't care. I, I like that we got makes coming because I know we got makes coming. And he was terrific tonight. And he's, you know, that's what for us to be a great team, you, you can't just have one guy playing good. You can't. This league's too good. And that team we played is great. And we needed everybody clicking tonight. And it seemed like we had that. 
And they did. And, guys, you know, when I think of complete victories at Boise State, this one goes right there. Um, there was the one run that Coach talked about. Uh, Utah State hit three threes in a row, and, and they got a game from 24 down to 15. And you're thinking, oh, are they getting hot? <laughs> and then Coach called the timeout and went back up to 20 on the next couple possessions. you got to love that when you're expecting a tough game and you win by 23. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And I, I thought Abe's best comment on the game, and it, it's kind of funny when you think about it. We were up 15 at the half, or actually we were up 12 at the half, but it got it to 15. And and the comment was something like, we're, we're up 15, but if you were up 10 and you stretched it to 15, you'd think better about it than if you were up 20 and it, they cut it to 15. So yeah. sometimes where you're sitting makes a difference. But, you know, I don't know that you could say it. The only thing I could pick at – was they had a couple guys in foul trouble and that was it. So it was a, it was one of the best performances I've seen in a while. And kudos, especially when you consider the opponent. And kudos to uh, Boise State for you know keeping the foot down because uh, my wife and I were listening to the first half, listening to you in the first half, and and we heard that last shot there right before halftime. And I said, man, the only <laughs> thing that worries me is they're up so far, and you see so many times teams let up, and Boise State didn't let up. They ke- they kept their uh, foot right on the gas through the. Uh, rest of the game and uh, kudos to the uh, coaching staff for being able to do that because sometimes that's kind of hard well and i also think too with the way utah state plays they make better than you know 40 percent of their three-pointers on the season you know you saw a glimpse of it in the second half and you I i think one of the reasons why the crowds well there were two reasons i think why the crowd stayed but one of the reasons is i think they realized knowledgeable fans that you know utah state could score a lot of points in a hurry and then I think sometimes some of the other people stayed a little bit. The uh, game got a little chippy. It was very competitive, to say the least, between the two teams. You're going to be uh, part of the crowd calling the game, and I I know you get a feel that. What What is the feeling of the difference when a crowd is big and really into a game uh, like that? Oh. What's the feeling like? Well, I'm going to say that it starts about an hour beforehand. when really? they open the When they open the doors... There is just a feel, a vibe in the arena. And I'll say this whether it's at home or away, that you can just feel the difference. And you can feel the difference when there's going to be a big crowd. And you can feel the difference sitting there courtside as the fans file in, as the players come out on the court to, you know, to warm up. There is an intensity in the building some days or some nights that's not there others. And uh, it was there from start to finish in the game. Uh, Saturday. All right, we'll take uh, one more break, come back, and when we uh, come back with Bob Beeler, we'll uh, look ahead to this coming week, what we can expect. Once again, it is Bronco Monday on News Talk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. Let's get Bob Beeler uh, with, with us. Bob, give us a bird's eye view of what we can expect coming up this week. Two road games. Two late games, so you're going to have to stay up. Uh, first game is going to be at UNLV. Uh, they just knocked off New Mexico at New Mexico. Our airtime Wednesday night will be 8.30. We'll make a quick pit stop back to Boise. We have our second coaches show at 10 Barrel of the season Thursday night. And then Saturday we'll be back to Wyoming for another late start, another 8.30 pregame show, 9 o'clock tip. So uh, might be some naps in order in the <laughs> late afternoon if you want to stay up for a 9 o'clock tip, uh, either from UNLV because it's an 8 o'clock Pacific time game or from Wyoming because it is indeed a 9 o'clock 
late night special against Wyoming. You're so lucky you get to travel to Wyoming in January. Man, oh, just isn't that jealous. great? So do you do you think, Mike, that most people would say maybe that I'm hitting the best and worst road yeah, trips pretty, of the season pretty, in the same pretty week? Much. Thank you, Bob. We're gonna wrap things up. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning for Bronco. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play six seventy KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 9 o'clock hour we go. Our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com. Mike at KBOI.com. You can also text us. That's same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Want to keep that main number handy because sometime before 10 o'clock, we will be giving you a four-pack of tickets to go see the Harlem Globetrotters. Want to see the Harlem Globetrotters? Going to be at the Ford Idaho Center in Nampa on December or January 31st, not December, January 31st. And we've got a four-pack of tickets that uh, you can win. Just stay right there. We'll look for caller number six. Don't. Don't call now. <laughs> Tell you when to call. Be ready. Taking your phone calls and emails this morning, uh, we are going to continue that now. Um, talked already to a few of you who had uh, called in about the upcoming legislative session, which gets underway later today. State of the State from Governor Brad Little will be happening at 1 o'clock. You'll be able to hear all the State of the State here on News Talk KBOI. Governor Little will also be on the air, Casper and Chris show coming up on Wednesday morning talking about uh, his goals and hopes for the upcoming legislative session. But we want to hear from you. Specifically, what do you hope gets done? We I want like to hear the, specifics, not just, hey, I want to see lower taxes. Everybody wants well, like to see what, lower taxes. I like taxes. what Mike said earlier. He said they need to do something about property tax. And he kind of recommended it be something along the lines of Prop 13 in California, which made it easier for... Uh, people as they grow older and the neighborhood changes around them to be able to stay in their own house without being priced out. Some of our uh, state and city leaders also weighed in in an article um, last week in the Idaho Statesman. Marlene Trump, Boise State University president, said our citizens continue to identify transportation as a top issue in Meridian, something that has remained consistent in all city hall surveys that I've seen, I believe it remains number one issue facing our growing region. Um, Robert Simison, Meridian Mayor, growth and the challenges associated with rapid growth over the past few years is easily the number one concern from our area. So there's two people who are saying growth. Debbie Kling, who is uh, Nampa Mayor, Mayor of a uh, city in which I live in now, says, I'd say there are two significant issues facing our region from law enforcement perspective. The first is continued uh, rise of illegal narcotics, particularly the increase of deadly fentanyl on our streets. It would be nice if they could get rid of that, yeah, while they're working on property taxes. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. What is it that you specifically, if you could name one thing that you would love, you had a crystal ball, a magic wand, what is it that you, if you could, wave and wish that could get taken care of in this legislative session? Susan from CUNA writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com. I would appreciate if they would take the taxes off our groceries. It helps those people who make too much to qualify for food assistance program but struggle with paying for groceries, especially with food prices going up so so dramatically in the last year. There's another taxes, but 
different than property taxes. Right. They want to see grocery taxes Why not? eliminated. <laughs> I'm guessing, she didn't say eliminated, but I'm guessing eliminated well, instead or of just lowered. Reduced or something. Yeah. Tom, Rob, I was say, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Robin wrote in a different subject. We were talking about uh, Joe Biden ever, or earlier, and Robin says uh, Biden is the best example of a politician ever. He says what he says to fit the moment. Doesn't matter if it's true or not, just that it fits the narrative of the party. This is not to say that Biden is the only politician guilty of doing this, and they keep getting elected. Boggles the mind. Happy Monday. Yeah, it's probably about 80% of them who do that. Yeah. Tom writes in a text message, 208-336-3700. Why do renters bear the burden of paying uh, for the loss of the homeowner deduction? Drop that and tax everyone on the values taxed. Fix the balance of taxation between commercial and residential. That's, that's the problem when you, you know, Tom, when it comes to, you know, raising prices on renters, people who own rental properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'll say same thing with uh, commercial properties. Those people don't pay the taxes themselves. That gets passed on to the renters. If you raise taxes on commercial properties, those commercial pro- properties, is whatever it is that they're using for that commercial property mm-hmm. for, is going to be passed on to the people who pay for the like, products uh, that, that that commercial company does. Like I always say, money doesn't trickle down, it trickles up. Yeah. So when you say, hey, we need to increase taxes on commercial, or we need to increase taxes on people paying taxes on investment properties, you're going to be paying that taxes if you're renting or or buying from that personal company because all that gets passed down they don't they don't they're not like the federal government they don't get to print their own money <laughs> what if they could yeah well guaranteed everybody would if they could but unfortunately like i said they're not like the federal government that money has to come from someplace they're not going to take it out of their own savings that's just not the way investing works oh good point 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in on uh, those items, we'll continue to take your phone calls this morning. And uh, just that programming note, once again, coming up at 1 o'clock today, Governor Brad Little will give his State of the State address and uh, line, line out his goals. Do you want to see some more uh, in rebate taxes? I'm actually kind of surprised that as much as people enjoyed the Money that they got back in the state because of the surplus. We're seeing another big surplus as we get underway in 2023. It's uh, over $1.5 billion again. Would you like, and this, this kind of gets into the specifics of it, would you be better off, do you think, getting that money as a rebate for yourself? Or would you see that like to see that money? Because education is going to be something I guarantee you're going to hear the governor bring up today in his state of the state, that he thinks... I think that there are going to be more money to be spent on education, just based on some of the stuff that he has said in, in, in the last three or four months. Some things are so easy. Education is one of them. And by that, I mean as a subject. Ask any politician, hey, do you think that uh, uh, we should try to make education better? And what do they say? Well, of course. I mean, nobody's, uh, nobody's going to yes. say, no. No, I think we should make it worse, actually. Yeah. <laughs> However, do you continue to spend Lots more money on education right. because we've spent a lot. It's the it's in the, the in the last six months. It's the details. It's 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 not uh, you know what you're aiming to do, which is of course make education better. You yeah, know, you can always get better. 
but <laughs> the details are like, how are we going to do it? Well, let's throw several million more dollars into it. Well, and I mean, well, we heard, that didn't work the last eighteen times we did it. We we heard some of that, you know, over the last six months of the year. They claimed that, you know, that he was trying to buy the election by giving rebates. When some of the people said, instead of rebates, I would much rather you took that money and gave it to education. Mm-hmm. Would is that something you would rather see? We all contribute a little to one big thing. I think that's what taxes are about. Mm-hmm. Now it may go to a whole bunch of different places. Yeah. But something is going to be done with that. You know, I think it's $1.8 billion is the last that I heard. The legislature, um, that's part of their jobs to figure out where that money is going to be uh, going during this legislative session. And the only thing I can for sure 100% agree on, even though the legislature is made up mostly of Republicans, nobody's going to agree on where that money should be spent. Not a hundred percent. No, you're you're going to hear arguments in uh, you know whether it's education, whether it is going well, to be and in you the will form hear of property a large, taxes. You will hear a large number of of legislators say, "Just you know, give it back." Yeah, and I think a lot of people. Uh, I'll, I'll honestly say, I would love to see another. It doesn't hurt me when check I get a coming check. back. No. Yeah, uh, if you ask me, it's like I don't feel offended. Hey, do you uh, do you want another uh, six hundred thousand dollar check, whatever it is, or would you rather see that money go to something else? If you ask me, I rather I would like that check. That's me personally. Now you meant six hundred or a thousand dollar check, whatever it's not going a, to be. Not a six hundred thousand dollar check. If you want to write me a six hundred thousand dollar check and there's enough money to get everything else done, I'm okay for that too. There won't be, but. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, aren't they the government? Can't they just print more money, too? It's good that we know how you feel about it now. Yeah. 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Dow is now up. Uh, we're just... What, 92 points away from uh, going through 34,000 again? 280 points on the upside after seeing a uh, big day on the stock market on Friday. We continue across the board. Pretty much everything is in the green today. Don't very often see it. We'll, we'll see if it hangs on through the rest of the day. But uh, as of right now, it continues to be up. Uh, Rob writes in uh, another email this morning. Mike at KBY.com says, uh, hello, at the outset of today's show, you guys uh, termed back in. With Seahawk, that was your term that you used, winning the game and everything. Though this was food, thought this was food for thought for you guys and your listeners. The U.S. has always taken credit for ending of World War II, when in reality they backed in thanks to the Russians. I have several other equally ridiculous, famous back ins, but you two seem to need no help this morning. <laughs> All right, thank you. I'm, it, I completely lost. What were, what was apparently, we we backed into winning, uh, helping to win World War II. It was the Russians who did it. What was the part about the Seahawks? They backed into the playoffs. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, Detroit was able to beat the uh, In other Green, words, Bay, yeah. Green Bay Packers last night. In other words, they made the playoffs because other teams other lost. teams lost. Oh, yeah, that's still, legi- oh, that's still legitimate. And it, it was. I guess it wasn't even wasn't even the fact that they ended up losing it's the way they lost in the ridiculous way stupid thing that the player did pushing one of the training personnel who came out for an injured player i just i still i don't understand did he just absolutely lose his mind I'll go for with a that few one. seconds yeah. 
It's like there's the train, the guy laying on the ground. You get hurt. You get hit in the head enough times, and yeah, you'll do just about anything. Laying on the ground, hurt, and here comes the training personnel, and the player pushes the trainer from the back and right in front of the referee. That's going to get pl- called every single time. And of course, it was uh, flag was flown, and, and this would have been fourth down. And instead, it gave him a first down, fifteen extra yards, and a uh, the player was kicked out. He was no longer allowed to be on the on the field after that. It's also going to be interesting. You think Aaron Rodgers is done? I don't know if you watch the game at all. Well, let's put it this way: this would be the fourth time I think that I've thought Aaron Rodgers was done. If if I do, one of the uh, Detroit players asked for Aaron Rodgers' jersey after the game. And he said, no, I'm going to hold on to this one. <laughs> afterwards, Because like, it might be his last game. Yeah, I uh, get it. Afterwards, one of the uh, reporters asked, you know, you didn't give, he asked you for the player. And it's, it's common practice, by the way, to exchange jerseys after the game. I mean, it happens almost every single game. And they ask Aaron Rodgers, is like, he asked you for a jersey and, and you didn't give it to him. What was the reason? He goes, well, I don't give all my jerseys. He goes, um, the important ones I, I stay, I keep a hold of. He said, I'll send out, you know, a different jersey to mm-hmm. him later and autograph it for him. And it's like, well, why was this one different? And they said, because it's the 18th game of the season. Uh, <laughs> Paul Paul writes in and says, uh, ask the legislature, just leave Idaho's water alone. We're doing it correctly with our water management and hydroelectric power, and we're prepared for droughts. Okay, that, that one hadn't come up before. I wonder if that's... Um, Specifically talking about what, uh, is it Crapo is trying to do to get the dams taken down? Yeah, we have to solve our dam problems. Solve the dam problems. So to speak. Another uh, big story um, that you've been hearing on the news this morning. I find it kind of interesting. Now, it doesn't mean that she's going to have to hold to this. Lori Daybill said that she will not use mental health as a defense. Well, you know what's funny? In her murder trial. If if she uses mental health as a defense, I believe you have to admit to the murder and, and then say, okay, but there were extenuating circumstances. I was out of my mind, something like that. You, you can't use uh, mental health as a defense if you claim you didn't do it. Like, I didn't do it because of mental health. I was crazy. I went mentally crazy for a few minutes. Yeah, it's, it, this case, is, it looks like it's going to happen um, this year, although there have been uh, multiple pauses in the case. And the multiple pauses with the Lori Daybill part of the case has to do with mental health. She was declared incompetent to stand trial back in uh, June of 2021. Committed to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare. Ten months later, she was deemed competent. Proceedings resumed. She spent ten months at a mental health facility here in Idaho and received mental health care from experts employed by the state of Idaho. Her attorneys hired three independent experts to review their clients' mental health. In October, Lori's case was again halted for a little over a month until District Judge Stephen Boyce ruled that she was indeed fit for trial. Although still suffering from a mental illness, the defendant is taking an active role in her defense. Quoting here, she has previously reviewed all the discovery provided to her by the state and her attorneys. She has consulted with the three mental health experts. She does not want to proceed with a mental health defense to negate an element of crime 
in this case. She has not authorized her attorneys to proceed with the mental health defense in the guilt phase portion of the trial, and her attorneys are representing her autonomy and her rights granted to her by the Constitution of the United States. One of the lawyers should say, Your Honor, she doesn't want to use the mental health defense, which clearly means she's insane. Mm -hmm. Wes says, uh, with the Idaho legislature in session, don't forget the $400 million that was approved for education last fall. They have to allocate it. Yeah, they have to decide where that's going to go. So will they be deciding not only where that's going to go, but will there be uh, another few hundred million dollars on top of that that will be set aside from the very large budget surplus that we have right now that they'll have to decide on that? Do you want well, to I'd see say the, the chances of that are well n- nearing triple digits? Do you want to see more money in education, knowing that there's over four hundred million dollars already set aside for education? Legislature decides how that is spent in this upcoming legislation. Um, do you want Do you want more on top of that? It's where you get to weigh in today. No right, no wrong answers. We just want to know how you feel as the Idaho legislature gets underway a little bit later today. Keep in mind, Governor Brad Little, State of the State, coming up at 1 o'clock. We will carry that live here on News Talk KBOI. Governor Brad Little will also be with Casper and Chris on our show coming up Wednesday. We're going to talk with uh, him live in the studio here on News Talk KBOI. KBOI News Time is 926. We'll take a break. News coming up here next. As promised, told you we are going to get a four-pack of tickets for you to the Globetrotters coming up January 31st, Ford Idaho Center. Caller number six, you and your family, get a go. That family four-pack is yours. Caller six, 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 932, uh, what, was, what was the name again? Dacon Fish? Deacon? Dakin Fish. All right, Dakin Fish. That is your real name. Congratulations. You got a family four-pack of tickets once again to the uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Coming up on January 31st, Ford Idaho Center. We'll have more tickets for you to uh, win. Keep listening all this week. Nate Shumman will have tickets for you coming up this afternoon to win, too. Uh, keep in mind, tomorrow morning, we will have uh, an announcement on a big concert, we'll have tickets that we'll be giving away. We can't announce that until we've officially been given the uh, official okie dokie, mm-hmm. which I believe is 9 a.m. tomorrow it's morning. Embargoed information. Yes. So, big concert coming to the Treasure Valley concert that we here at Newstock KBY will have tickets to. So, if you want to win, make sure you're listening in. Feeling Pudgy with Fudge has written in. Again, if, if that's your real name, and says, uh, hi-ho, radio waivers. A few facts on your recession claims regarding Biden comments. We know that during the recession caused by huge job losses during the COVID-19 pandemic, fear of the virus kept people at home and businesses shut as the economy suffered massive employment and earnings losses leading to a recession. You might recall that state and federal policymakers enacted relief and recovery actions in 2020 and 2021 that helped make the deepest post-World War II recession the shortest. According to the National Bureau of Economic Research, the recession lasted only two months, March and April 2020. Unfortunately, it's not true when you gleefully mock President Biden for recently saying 
there was a recession in 2021 when he allegedly previously said there was not one. He did not say there was not one until it was over. In July 2022, he did point to solid job growth and a rebound in manufacturing, saying that doesn't sound like a recession to me. Indeed, he was right as the recession ended in April 2020, and he was speaking in 2022. If you insist on mocking Biden, please consider a modicum of balance by mocking the king of mocks, Donald Trump. Here's one of his most dangerous lies. In 2020, he claimed that the coronavirus was totally under control and was disappearing and suggested that Americans did not have to change much about their usual behavior. A year into the crisis, 386,000 Americans died from COVID. It's very likely that Trump's false advisories increased COVID deaths. And again, that was feeling pudgy with fudge. Pudgy with fudge. Um, the reason why I, I don't compare Trump and Biden in this particular instance is, and I get it, you have Trump, Trump derangement syndrome or something, is because Trump is no longer our president. Hasn't been president for two years. So there's no reason to say, hey, but look what Trump did. The other part is, um, you said that the recession only lasted two months. It's impossible for a recession to last only two months. Because for a recession to be a recession, you have to have two continuous quarters. That's six months of negative GDP. So you can't have just two months because it has to have two continuous quarters of negative growth. So when you say that it was just April and March, that's not true. And even if you do say it is just April and March, Biden... Not in that order, anyway. No, Biden, Biden said there was no recession. So, completely different talking points um, there for you this morning. But thanks thanks for the input. Uh, another, no name on this one, uh, email in mike at kby.com. Money does not equal education. It equals power, corruption, poor taxpayers, and uneducated children. Well, that's what money equals? I didn't know that. No wonder our governor is in favor of more. If I could wish anything for our legislature, it would be that God would open his eyes and the public eyes to the true agenda of our local, national, and global leaders. The slow creep of our country to corp fascism, the removal of our freedoms and morals, the increasing push to replace God with government, vaccines, surveillance, just absolute control. Although no one has actually listed that as their platform. No. Bruce and Loman says, good morning, gentlemen. How in the world can we say we have any surplus in our state coffers? When we, for example, take millions upon millions from the feds for education and transportation, etc., and then we are forced to kowtow to the federal standards and policies, does not make any sense at all, and the proclamations of the surplus are just a feel-good statement founded on a complete fallacy, at least it seems to me. Well, we still have a surplus. He just apparently it's just caused by different things. Or, uh, or does the surplus come from have said. taxes? I mean that that's where the money that the state operates that money comes from taxes. Yeah, taxes that corporations pay, taxes that you and I pay. That that's that's one thing that you know personally. Instead of giving rebates year i mean we got two rebates last year loved well, loved, loved yeah, plus, the rebates if, if we're getting money from the feds where does that money come from 
taxpayers. Oh yeah, our taxes. Yeah, our taxes. Oh. You're, you're still paying taxes. Six so one, six one half dozen the other. Um, you know, if you're if, if if you ask me, I would like to see this taken care of once and for all. Instead of giving rebates, how about just a tax break? Because if we have continuous one to two billion yeah. dollar surpluses. Wait, then we're paying too much in taxes. Wait, I know. Take the money and do something really smart with it. See, now you're not being specific. I'll, I'll, I'll what leave, what leave, smart thing I'll, would you I'll, like I'll to leave see? The, I'll leave the details to the people whose job no! it is. No! <laughs> that's, that's the complaint. Just do something that you know afterward I will approve of. I will agree with you. Money does not equal education. And you can see that in, in the rankings here in Idaho for education, Idaho is spends some of the least amount of money in the nation on education. However, and, and gets halfway decent results. Uh, it, and that's exactly it. it. Halfway decent results. We're right just above the halfway point as far <laughs> in as decent results as education. Yeah, as as the re- results from the money spent. So you can look at it and say, "Hey, we're in the bottom of spending, but look how much money we're get, how much bang." We get for our buck on education here in Idaho. They're doing a good job with the money when it comes to educating our citizens. Can they do better? Yeah, I think you can always say that anybody can always do better. Nobody gets 100%. I don't know if spending money is going to make everybody, you know, get 100% either. No, it won't. But that would be my guess, just Mm -hmm. just like you said. Hang on, I got an instant message here from. All right, no, that's 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 about something completely different that isn't even about radio. <laughs> the, <laughs> um, another story that came out this weekend that my guess is now that we have a speaker of the house is going to be investigated. The House committee entitled the Select Committee to investigate the January sixth attack on the United States Capitol which is now pretty much defunct because Republicans are in uh, control of the House now, apparently recently released the Social Security numbers of nearly 2,000 Americans. According to a story in the Washington Post, hundreds of documents have been released to the committee's final report, including a spreadsheet containing the identities of thousands of people who, based on visitor logs, had visited the White House in December of 2020. So if you visited the White House in 2020, uh, you might want to check. Your Social Security number could be out there now for anybody, though the personal identification information of most of the visitors listed on the logs had been redacted in the spreadsheet. Unfortunately, over 1,900 of the visitors had their information, including their Social Security number, publicized. The reportedly affected include South Dakota Governor Christine Nome and her family, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, South Carolina Governor Henry McAllister, uh, or Henry, I'm sorry, Henry McMaster. Two members of Trump's cabinet were also reportedly affected, former Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson, two unnamed federal judges, an attorney for January 6th witnesses, and at least six people who testified before the committee also reportedly had their information shared publicly. Name's not a big deal. You have your social security number shared, 
that's a big deal. Yeah. I guess there's going to be about 1,900 people who uh, sign up for fraud alerts on their... What's the uh, company that puts out... You can follow along to make sure that you're not getting your... Better Business Bureau, you mean? No, it's uh, a specific company that you pay to make sure to watch your um, credit lines and uh, credit karma. You can uh, put a limit on the people that are able to do anything with your social security number. You just put a freeze on that. So I'm guessing there's going to be about 1,900 Americans that are going to have to do that because of the information shared from the January 6th. Somebody screwed up and forgot to redact... Jan in Boise says, good morning. Are we really getting our best bang for the buck since Idaho's school rating is 50th among the states? Um, is, isn't that the rating for spending? That's for spending, yes. Okay. Rating for spending is 50th. We're rated, um, top of my head, 17th, I believe. For, last, res- for results. For results, yeah. So, yeah, I think we are getting a good bang for the buck. Getting a great bang for our buck if, and, you know, 50 and in the spending Utah, is 17th. Utah does even better. Partially because Utah has so many people under the age of 18, uh, they uh, it, it always comes out to less money per pupil in Utah, but they do pretty well with it. A lot of involved parents. If you would like, I, I, I mean, I, I further ask you, you know, if you don't think we're getting a good bang for your buck, would you, would you like to see more money spent at it? Part of the problem here is, and the governor has said it, it's not necessarily um, money going to actual education, per se. Part of it is that we're having a hard time holding on to teachers right now because every state around the state of Idaho pays so much more money for their teachers. So when a teacher has a chance, it's like, well, I can either stay here in Idaho and you know make $48,000 a year, or I can go across the border in Oregon, or I can go to, into Washington and I can make 60, 70 grand a year. So that's not necessarily throwing money at the situation of education. It has to do with holding on to teachers, especially the best teachers, because the best teachers are the ones that other states are going to be trying to recruit. So you lose your best teachers, not just all teachers, but your best teachers, because those are the ones that are leaving for better jobs in states that pay a lot more money. Michael uh, Boise writes, and he says, according to Idaho Democrats, their goals for this legislative session are protecting natural resources, supporting workforce housing, and banning discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. I can only assume the Republicans' goals are the exact opposite. <laughs> so I guess in, in, that would be not protecting natural resources. No, I don't, I don't agree with that one. Uh, not supporting workforce housing. Yeah, I don't agree with that and one. And not banning discrimination based on sexual orientation or that one, identity. That's that, the, that, one that can, one's the only one that I will say Republicans that, yes. are not going to be a priority. That one, that, that one could be. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not going to be a priority. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. State of the state coming up here today. Uh, one more segment on the way. What, personally, this is this is you. You know, not what you think should be done, but this is you. What would you like to see done if you had a magic wand? The Idaho legislative session gets underway today. State of the state coming up at 1 o'clock. You will hear it live here on News Talk KBOI. What would you like to see done in this legislative session? I've heard a lot of talk about property taxes. Uh, I heard a lot of talk about uh, education. Specifically, what do you want to see? Final chance to weigh in coming up here next. 
Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 949-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, update on uh, Damar Hamlin uh, continues to recover, but he is still in critical condition in, in the hospital. As we told you last week, he had been taken off of uh, oxygen. He is now talking and... Kind of a cool thing. There were two cool things that happened this weekend. Number one, and we talked about this very early this morning, the uh, Bills player playing for DeMar Hamlin. This is their first game since the uh, Monday night game where he was injured and had to be taken to the hospital. And on uh, the kickoff of the game, kind of a cool thing, they ran the kickoff back for a touchdown. In honor of him, of course. In honor of him. The people in Buffalo were going nuts. And then later in the game... They ran another one back, and it was the same guy. The other cool thing that the uh, Bills did, and they had to have the uh, you know the approval of the uh, NFL and the Players Association, uh, but they've been back. You know, had his play, the players back for the whole time. He is uh, under Damar Ham, Damar Hamlin is under a four year three point six four million dollar contract with the Bills, and he was due to take a pay cut. Because he was placed on injured reserve, according to NFL insider Ian Rappaport, they were able to work out an agreement with both the NFL and NFLPA to remove that penalty. Basically, he was going to get paid half of what he would normally get if he gets put on the uh, injured reserve. So because of working out a deal, kind of a classy thing for the Bills to even offer um, and the uh, NFL to uh, agree to. Uh, but he will now get paid his full active roster bonus, even though we he's not on the roster as of now, and who knows whether he ever will be again. But kind of a cool thing for the NFL and the Bills to do. This is uh, not signed, but it says, do teachers really get paid that much? Uh, in Idaho, the average teacher salary, and this is among all of them, you know, the brand new and the ones who have been doing and, it for 30 and years. And you're talking in... Rural areas and I'm, I'm talking urban areas, entire, everything. Yeah. The entire state of Idaho, the average is 52734 Now, the average person of any kind in Idaho, the average salary is 51812 So they get a little less than $1,000 more if you're a teacher. Uh, compare that if you're a custodian, 31000 If you're a mechanic, 43000 is your average. If you're an accountant, 57000 uh, a lawyer averages seventy five thousand. A doctor in Idaho does pretty well, averaging two hundred and twenty nine thousand. But again, there are considerably there are a lot of them that are lower than that. Yeah, uh, Jerry and Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yes, uh, I was just listening to you talk about uh, teacher pay. I am a retired teacher in Idaho, and it's not really a quibble, but the higher paying states around Idaho are mostly scalping. Uh, recent graduates coming out of uh, universities. They're not taking many of the more experienced teachers. They have family here. Their kids are going to school here. Um, The other problem that you have are in the more rural districts. Again, it's probably because the the people coming out of college right now are not enamored in going to a small town where teacher pay tends to be lower than it will be in uh, for Idaho. Yeah, it makes sense. urban or metropolitan area, which, again, is kind of odd to say about Idaho. Um, 
But uh, then the other thing that you just finished stating here about average salary, and you note that uh, the average teacher in Idaho, I think you said, was 52000 while the average pay in Idaho is 51000 Right. That's an interesting statistic, and I'm not here to toot the horn of uh, teachers, but for people with college degrees, teacher salary is rather low. Now, if you compare it to somebody who's uh, entry-level blue-collar, then without a college degree, then teacher salary looks pretty darn high. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but among bachelor's degrees and higher, and most teachers will have something more than a bachelor's degree. They might not have a master's degree yet or a doctorate, but they're taking classes all the time, usually out of their own pocket. And uh, so the return on that for Idaho is quite low. Now, one of the reasons why you still have so many teachers is that because for those who really like that profession, it is rather rewarding. Yeah. You're working with uh, you're working with young people, and if you're doing it right, you can see their changes as they become better thinkers, more informed, and such. Well, and you've I'm guessing been a teacher long enough, and I'll just say because my mother's a teacher, Chris's parents were teachers. Um, I, I know I can speak for my mom. She does it because she loves it. And I'm guessing you are probably the same way. Yes. Yes. I regret retiring. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, appreciate the call, Jerry. Great thoughts this morning. My mother informed everybody when she was four years old that she was going to be a school teacher, and that's all there was to that. And, <laughs> and she it, never changed her mind. Yeah. And I'm guessing, once again, your parents, like a lot of teachers, they do it. Be- they did it because they loved it, right? Not well, necessarily. De- definitely not for the pay. They didn't do it to get rich. They were very thrifty, though. Yeah. We we were okay. I mean, we were solid middle class because they were thrifty. I don't think they ever wasted a penny in their lives. That's about it for today. We're going to go on a uh, 20-hour break. We will be back again tomorrow. Just a reminder, Governor Brad Little, State of the State Address will be coming today. It's a programming note for you, so uh, you want to listen in to that. You'll be able to hear that beginning at 1 o'clock here on News Talk KBOI today. More chances for you to win Harlem Globetrotter tickets coming up tomorrow. Plus, coming up tomorrow, we uh, also will uh, have a concert announcement that we'll make. That's uh, coming up tomorrow morning.